0: Welcome to The Launch, the podcast sponsored by Tandem Launch, Canada's premier incubator. We'll talk about tech, startups, entrepreneurship, fundraising, and everything in between. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, tandemlaunch.com, to see what we're all about. Now on to the show. Hey, great. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Launch Podcast sponsored by Tenem Launch. I'm your host, Bobby Badochka, and we are very lucky to have three incredible guests on the special edition podcast for International Women's Day. So welcome to Robin Selden, Wendy Walbridge, and Mary Anderson.
1: Great to be here.
0: Um, because you all know each other, I thought it might be fun instead of doing the normal thing where people introduce themselves um, as guests normally do, that you would introduce each other so that we wouldn't just have like a CV um, read through and um, as impressive as they are. Um, so let's start first. Um, so Robin, uh, please introduce um, Mary and your connection um, with her.
1: Okay. well, um, later on in my career, I was an SVP at a tech company in Silicon Valley and I, uh, as in most Silicon Valley companies, it was very male dominated in the executive levels and at uh, pretty much every level um, because I was in charge of marketing and that included product marketing and product design and product strategy. And on my team of um, several men, I also had an incredible, smart, competent woman, Mary Anderson. And Mary worked for me at Dolby, um, the tech company, and was doing an amazing job. She was just, had so much potential. And I really wanted to make sure that she got the recognition that she deserved inside the company, who was very difficult to achieve. So, you know, throughout my career, I have had coaches in the past um, that have helped me mainly with my more, more uh, what I would say, artificial elements of being a better executive. Well, I met Wendy when I was at a event with some, um, some colleagues and when I met her face to face, we just connected. And it was something very different. And I could tell that Wendy was the type of coach that wanted to know and and help you improve your whole self. Mm -hmm. Not just being a professional woman executive, but your entire self. And she, and she helped me do that. So while I was at Dolby, I engaged with her um, and she just helped me figure out what I wanted to be in the world and find my voice and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, after, after working with her, I asked if she would also work with Mary because I could see that Mary could also benefit from Wendy.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. So now uh, let's have Mary um, return the favor and speak about Robin.
2: Oh, definitely. So <laughs> Robin was my first and only female boss in my tech career and continues to be the first and only, I think she'll have that special place in my heart for the rest of my life, <laughs> Unless we change things dramatically. Um, Robin was a person. So I, I had joined Dolby out of a semiconductor career Dolby was a great company and they had a different, uh, a different take on technology. And it was a really fun cause I was running a really large program. So it was a really nice advancement for me, but I walked into a situation where I was definitely, um, the underdog in, in the sense that there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me at all there were was very few people that came from my background which was highly technical and primarily from the PC world um and it was a struggle it was a it was a real struggle and in walked one day a breath of amazing fresh air Robin Seldon. and not only was this woman ridiculously accomplished um, at very large brands very big tech companies in 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 the silicon valley um, but she had a quiet calmness that i think everybody immediately gravitated to we're like okay she <laughs> she definitely understands what she's doing um, and that was a really special moment for me that she was taking over the organization and that she was at this executive level that no woman had really been at at Dolby so she was really the only woman at that level. Um, and for the first time in my career, I actually could see myself possibly being at that level you know and that's that's kind of an interesting perspective. Um, so it was really exciting to be working for Robin um, although <laughs> I realized and she you know talk about a great relationship, just very honest and frank and I always knew where I stood with her. Um, and yeah, the rest of the story will unfold, I think, through this podcast.
0: And then, um, tell us a bit about how Wendy, uh, came into your life.
2: Well, Wendy, I would call my second angel, probably you have my two angels in the room here. Um, so thankfully Robin had the ability to kind of see what my talents were, but also see some of the things I was doing to myself to undermine myself at the executive level. Um, and she introduced me to, to, Wendy and it was an amazing time in my life. Um, it was a time of complete change. I had just gone through a divorce. I had moved across the country. I was back in San Francisco. I had taken on a new organization. Um, and so Wendy was a person that was introduced to me first and foremost as an executive coach, as the opportunity to kind of up level myself. But I think Wendy and I became really fast friends when we were sitting together and laughing over very (laughs) funny things, crying a lot during sessions. (laughs) And um, I got the pleasure of not only having her as an executive coach, but I also had the pleasure of participating in her Spiral Up um, network and her Spiral Up classes, where I got to meet other phenomenal women um, in the Bay Area. Um, I, Wendy and I worked together on some of the hardest stuff I think I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah. And so angel number two. Wow. I'm
0: really feeling the love here, ladies, feeling the love. So, uh, Wendy, why don't you talk about how, um, Robin and Mary came into your life?
3: Great. Well, um, first of all, thank you for both of you for saying those wonderful things. I I think I'll be the glue that brings that together sort of because I had the perspective of being invited by Robin. First let me say a little bit about Robin just yeah, when you describe Robin as having, you know, I don't know what the words were you said but she's got quiet power. Mm-hmm. And you don't you rarely see quiet power in the higher realms because it's a feminine power and it's it's not ego based. So it's very attractive, but and very rare. And um she just has that. And she's very much not about her, she's very much about how to forward the mission, the people, the you know, leaving a difference, making a difference. So, you know, and matter of fact about it, really matter of fact, but powerful. And then um, you know, the backstory to how I got introduced to Mary was that. Robin said, you know, I have this spark of a person on my team, but she's shooting herself in the foot because she's um, being snarky in meetings and she's not pulling for the team because she's, there's something going on with her. I'm not sure what it is, but could you sit with her, meet with her and see if you can smooth her out kind of because she's so amazing. You know, she's got so much potential, so much spark. And then you know, and then, you know, meeting with Mary after, like, she's saying, you know, we really got to know each other, we were kindred spirits, and we um, kind of, un, we unfolded, we what's the right word for that, we sort of, unwound. Okay. yeah, we unwound the thing that was causing her to kind of work against herself in terms of her ability to rise in the organization. And in the in the process of that, she became more whole and more committed to what she cared about, what she wants to be. And today she's an amazing entrepreneur. So
0: go figure, go figure. Yes, beautiful. So it should be very clear to our audience now that um, you three powerful women are involved in tech one way or the other. Uh, we also know that there's not enough women um, in tech, especially at the leadership levels. So. You know, there's a number of obstacles that prevent women from entering the field and staying um, in the industry. So um, maybe to start, maybe we have to, I guess, begin from the inside. Like you were alluding to, unpacking that that personal stuff, um, dealing with our our traits um, and who we want to be in this world. So, Robin, do you want to maybe get us going and let's have a deeper conversation about that?
1: Yes, um, I think that there are an amazing number of powerful women out there at all levels and you know as a as a as a leader, as a manager of those people, I always try to get the most out of them because you're you're not you're nothing without an amazing team. You you you're nothing you can't accomplish a thing and um, and so when I when I think about how to be a powerful leader, I think about. A diverse team a team that can bring a lot of different elements to the party. Um, and I've had challenges getting those people. I've had challenges finding um, women who are in a role when I join a company there. There's not that many women in the roles. and I try to hire them or I try to promote them when I do have it because when I when because they're so rare to have Um, at your your disposal to work with, when you do have them and they're great and they're sharp and they're competent, you want to invest in them and make them rise in the organization because it's just not, because it's an opportunity that doesn't come around every day. Um, I was, and and, and you need male allies to help you do that. Um, I had a challenge when I first started I was a woman in a tech company, and this is back in the, you know, in the late 80s. So this was quite a while ago, but things haven't changed that much, actually, since the late 80s and I wanted to be a product manager. You know, that's what Mary was when I first met, she was, she was managing an entire product team and I wanted to do that early in my career right out of grad school and they wouldn't, you know, they had, I was not an engineer. And, but I could certainly understand the technology enough to be a product manager and I wasn't, they weren't going to allow me to do it. And, you know, it was uh, definitely because I was a woman and because they didn't think I had the technology chops. So, I, you know, when you, when you ask what you have to do when you're at a disadvantage and you're not given the benefit of the doubt, I went to my VP of marketing and asked him to make me a product manager. And to tell you know to give me a test tell me what I have to do to show you, I can do this job and he gave me said okay i'll give you two weeks, I want you to study this come back pitch this as if you were talking to a client. So I did that I went and I studied I got allies from the Apps engineers from everyone studied up and I went back and I pitched and he said Robin I was wrong, you can do this job. And so I became a product manager at this tech company, but I had to fight for it. They they were not giving me that job. And and then that put me in the right career path to become a general manager eventually. But if I hadn't done that, I would have taken a different route, which many women have to take, but don't get into those mainstream routes where you can be more, be a, a bigger player in the company and so and so you know i guess my my point is that it's even starting you know as a 20 something um in your career you have to fight for what you want and show your voice um because you're going to be at a disadvantage you know it's the reality of the situation right now
0: yeah and then uh, so mary do you have any um I guess, examples from, from your career pathway where there were just certain things that you had to do to, to get there, to stay there, or even things that you witnessed?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, Robin hit on a lot of interesting topics there. I think there's a combination of, of multiple things. I think um, I did go to engineering school, but when my first semiconductor company I, I went to, I was, still, I was always deemed not technical enough. <laughs> I don't know why, but so that became a big chip on my shoulder. And I was constantly fighting to show how technical and analytical I was. And that'll come out later more in this conversation, too, and, and how it actually hindered me. Um, so I think at some level, you know, there's a there's a multiple blocks along the path for women getting to that C-suite. Um, there's that early block, which is essentially school to that first job. And I I talked to my my niece, who who is a Uh, works at a a very major tech company right now and and she comes from a liberal arts education and she's like well i really want this job but i can't do it very similar to to what was talking about i'm like yes you can of course you can can you learn quickly can you make decisions can you manage a team run a team um do you understand the value proposition of your product okay then you've got it right that's it so there's that there's that level of coaching and, and support i think young women need to have um, to understand that it doesn't matter. We really like to put people in boxes out of college. That's great. I really think it's limiting. I really think it's limiting. In fact, some of my best product managers, business unit managers have always been people that come from a little bit different backgrounds mm-hmm. because they are more open-minded to things, um, in my personal experience. And then I think that the next kind of big hard rung, frankly for me was, was why these two ladies are so important to me was moving from this level where I was a business, like managing a business of significant size to being seen as an executive, Um, because you may not look like the other executives or because you're younger or or, um, anything else like that. And I think, you know, if I think about the critical paths for me and success, it was really that believing I could do it early on, no matter what, and then making that kind of big jump from being an individual contributor and a manager to a true leader. Um, and, and, and that's where I think as women, we can do more for each other to get us through those major transition points. And there's multiple transition points. But for me, those were the big kind of hurdles I had I had to transition through.
0: Because I, I think maybe some women might think um, have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, like I shouldn't have to go through this. Um, especially the, in this day and age, I should just, auto, you know, I should get the promotion because, and they should know. Um, so, how do we, how do we help those women through that sort of mindset?
1: Yeah, one one thing I wanted to point out that Mary maybe, you know, made me realize is that the, when you talk about women supporting women, it doesn't have to be women who are your peers, or women who are above you. It could be women who are below you, the mm-hmm. so women who work for you or who are in another organization may not, you know, you may be in the middle of the company and you want to get to the executive level. Well, you know what, there's a pool of amazing women that might be, you know, deemed below you from a, from a, a level standpoint, but they're there to make you rise too. you know, you don't just think of your mentor as being some senior executive somewhere that happens to be a woman that can help you out. No, no people help people all women help women at every level in every direction and it's it's just amazing and and i've been. It, in marketing there tends to be more women in marketing than in some of the other functions so i've been very fortunate to have some amazing women work for me that I can help but they've helped me they make me look good because they're so amazing and 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 that's just really important that at you know, the women out there listening to this podcast that have a team, you know, when they make women look amazing, they make themselves look amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Wendy, think, from your point of view,
3: well, I think of that quote, if you want to go fast, go alone, if you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is the times that we're living in now. And the socialization that has caused women to be far behind men in terms of rising into leadership, requires that we are a collective force together, and that we have each other's backs. And they're, these two are a perfect example of how we do that. And one of the things I think Robin pointed out that's so important to, to notice is that that early jump to manager, the early jump from individual contributor to manager is what they call the broken rung and it's a well-known fact that if you can get over that rung you have a better shot going forward but that that's what really has siphoned off the talent from getting into leadership for uh, women Um, but so that was a sidebar and there's so many things that you made me think of when you were talking but did you have a question for me (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, maybe just, you know, back to the the different types of obstacles that that women are going to face. Um, And there's I mean, we don't we don't have time to go through all of them, Um, but I think from your perspective, there's there's a mindset. There's that, you know, getting getting your perspective um, in check is maybe the first place to start. Yeah, I mean, there's an inside
3: out dynamic to all of this in that. What goes on with you in your consciousness that's buried, especially what's buried is going to picture it's going to telegraph out out picture into some kind of reality. So in Mary's case, you know, when we dug deep into her psychology around what what was her part in it um she found that there were some old beliefs that were that she wasn't enough and that she you know that she had that thing she said about not being good at technically i hear that so often from women there's always this one more certificate that you think you need to get or this next level of education or whatever it's it's really got to be addressed inside because we've internalized this message that we need more we need we need something else that will just make us enough um, and I, I don't want to discount so so there's an internal process that is important for everybody to go through to really struggle with those two parts of ourselves or those two voices, there may be more than two, there could be 10. But of, of the ways that we tell ourselves that we're not enough to tell ourselves that we are a good example for me was, um, but before I tell it story, let me just say, I I just wanted to balance that out with saying that besides the inner work that women need to do, it is not our problem. It is a cultural problem that we are in the midst of confronting in terms of gender equality and gender equity. And it is a there's some very stodgy old, you know, ways the patriarchy has built systems and what's normal in a company that isn't fair and um, we're all working on ways to lift each other up but also not just women but anybody that's an you know that has been not included that has been pushed aside and been you know somehow not um favored but the thing i was thinking about just from my own uh, story was i remember early on in my career in coaching um and it's been you know three decades of work I remember having a really favorite client who was very important. She used to fly around in the jet of the CEO. And she was really, um, she had a lot of a lot of importance and was cool. And I really loved her. And I wanted to be I wanted to be the favorite coach, you know, and I remember falling out with her somehow. And um, the end of our contract came and she didn't renew. And I, I was just I was distraught i was like what did i do what happened you know because it was she was i admired her and i somehow she was a reflection of my success if she liked me then she must be then i must be really good and when she um didn't return my calls and and such i just i took me months to get over it and i think what finally happened was i had to really look at did i really do anything wrong was i anything but what i promised to be. And in that tussle with myself, I was able to reconcile and get establish my own seat, if you will, about my own value. And I got over it. I just think it's a good example of the important work we each need to do for ourselves around confronting anything that's trying to hold us back internally, as well as fighting on the outside, in whatever ways we can, are being a, a force for good. In whatever ways we can, to let people that are less included in, to bring people into the conversation, so that we're all there.
0: Wow! Thank you, Wendy, for sharing that story. Um, Robin, did you want to add to that?
1: Well, I I just wanted to say that you know this you know this idea of women supporting women. It's um, you know what. What Wendy was saying was that it's, it's, it's kind of like we need to create the reason I support that and almost everything I do, whether it's philanthropic or personal or professional. Um, I'm very committed to helping women and I believe it because I think it's the practical thing to do. I think there's a critical mass problem. There's not enough women. Um, they somehow, and you know, and, and Wendy knows this from her. Teachings is that you know that women fall out of the funnel, if you will, going um, going through the through the career chain and. I want more women, as, as soon as we get to a critical mass, we'll have a tipping point where there'll be enough women and it'll be expected for women to be in these roles. Mm-hmm. And it won't be second guessed, and it won't be overlooked and women will not be invisible anymore as they're maneuvering um, through the workplace. And so I, I. Believe that the more that we do that for each other, the more we're all going to win. Like like Mary said, it's not a zero sum game. It's everybody wins when that happens.
3: I was just going to add to that exactly what she says. It's been shown in research that, you know, it's called the the um, amplifying effect. No, not amplifying, but it's it's when women get into leadership roles, everybody's lives get better. It's not just about women leading. Men don't lose something by sharing power. They actually gain something because everything that men care about, their relationships, their family, their own health improves when there are more women in leadership. I mean, there is, let's face it, I think a lot of us don't realize that we're still really stuck. This revolution that women were having is is stalled. You know only 25 percent of women are at the c-suite level and only 8.2 are CEOs still and if on average women still make 81 cents for every dollar and the playing field is way more tilted for women of color uh-huh. and also it based on this rate that we're supposedly evolving women are expected to reach pay equity with men in 2059 at the
1: rate we're going so I will be around a little reality <laughs> right here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's also statistics about even when women are in high level C suite positions that they are still, um, disproportionately, uh, you know, domestic duties at home and, and things like that. And so this is, it's still, um, yeah, we're, yeah, we've been stuck at this 80%, um, for a good 20 years. Um, so the, the pay equity issue. And even when there's equity, so some places have equity exercises where they take a look at all the salaries and they see what's going on. And then they realize that, you know, women are, are behind and then they, they equal them up. Um, but then it's because they're not training women on how to negotiate and ask for raises. And so, but the men do that like just automatically. And then you, you get this, this disparity again. Um, so since I brought up men, Um, let's talk about traits, like masculine, feminine traits. So I, I know, Mary, that you were, you were touching on that. Um, but let's expand on that conversation on embracing, you know, do we need to act like men in order to survive in this man's world?
2: Yeah, it's a great it's a great conversation, and um, I think that Wendy and I we we worked a lot on this. Um, and this was a very interesting thing because I would say that you know I grew up a tomboy, always played a lot of sports, um, went into you know semiconductors. Very, I had a lot of masculine traits. I have a lot of masculine traits, but I was I was putting those on the forefront. I was putting all of my analytical, my strategic skills. Um, frankly, my combativeness came a lot from that, wow. which is what you know. Robbins probably saw and was like, Ooh, <laughs> we need to soften these edges a little bit. Um, and then all of my great feminine traits, which I have instinctually, um, my compassion, my empathy, my ability to listen and really understand and to connect all of those things, um, I was kind of pushing down almost almost embarrassed by. And I, I think this is something that I really learned with Wendy um, and through her working. So, you know, not only the coaching sessions, but helping and supporting her in her book um, spiral up, was it's about how do you bring your feminine, your what we could traditionally call feminine traits to the forefront of a leadership position. And it was when I first of all got the chip off my shoulder, realized I was good enough. <laughs> and all that kind of good stuff. But then I really brought some of those feminine traits or what we consider feminine traits to the forefront. Um, that's actually, you know, the trajectory of my career is, is it, it just took off. Wow. Uh, I was able to collaborate, work in, in very intense situations, but bring large groups of people to the same conclusion. Um, I was able to lead a very large team in a way where they felt valued, connected with, supported. I think, by the way, that's another thing that that both Robin and Wendy are phenomenal at. Um, And it was a way that I I, I didn't lose my ability to look at a strategic plan or look at the P&L and say, this this, and this is what we need to do next, or my decisiveness. Um, But I was able to do it in a way where uh, back to Wendy's quote, um, we were able to go further because I brought everyone along. And it was more enjoyable to me, by the way. It was more fulfilling because, you know, face it, <laughs> we spend most of our life at work and those connections are extremely important. I mean, we have our, our husbands, our partners, our children, our connections. But, you know, for me, a, a lot of my, my, to this day, very strong connections are those connections I've made at work. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm a big believer in in understanding that and and bringing having the openness and the, the forthright to bring both of those parts of yourself as a woman to the table because I think that's when organizations can really really succeed.
1: Yeah, and I'll just add to that that you know Wendy did the same thing for me and that she allowed me to figure out how to be my true self and not not under you know. First of all, and have the confidence and and part of it was the male female traits that I possess that allow me to be successful in the right combination, but to not feel like I have to hold back and I'm not good enough or I'm not. I'm not capable of getting what I want out of the organization. She taught me to be myself and it was so liberating. I, I have to say, when I went to the following, when I went to the next position after. It was such a night and day, and mainly because of me, not because of the organization or the culture or anything. It was mainly because I was there. I knew my job. I was just going to, you know, work with the other executives and make things happen and be myself. And it was amazing. And I enjoyed myself more. I got promoted, you know, all these things start happening for you once you realize that you can have that balance and you can bring more things to the party for an organization by being yourself
3: yeah that's great you know i love that you tied that together robin by saying about authenticity because a lot of people think authenticity is just like saying whatever you think and like that but really authenticity is when you (laughs) you you, (laughs) (laughs) yeah put your filter on yeah um being authentic is 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 being being unleashing yourself in a way that is being your values being your standards and ideals, not being you know, everybody has that part. that It's like they're not their greatest self. That's not really their authentic self, you know, the the authentic self is the part that wants everyone to win, that wants to make the thing better, that wants to show up as the as a good friend to other people. And the thing about the masculine and feminine, you know, people, especially the younger uh, generation coming through the ranks now, I know that they have a little resistance to talking about them because it's like, don't don't put a label on it. You know, there's a there's gender fluidity and everything that you wanna include. I think the point is, to, to remember that first of all we got where we are in the development of technology and all of the structures and amazing cities and buildings that we've created and man on the moon because of the masculine energy you know effort strategy getting stuff done moving it fast all of that is's been wonderful but we're in a cultural shift right now where what's needed to balance everything else is also to let the feminine rise and if you ask a man or a woman at the end of their life, what mattered to them, they're not going to say that I, I moved, I became an SVP or I, you know, whatever, they're not going to say that they're going to say my relationships. And to be good at relationships, you have to be connected to yourself and connected to others. And that requires a whole different set of skills than what we have been rewarding as people are being developed in companies and and into leadership. We've forgotten that that is the essence of what makes everything happen. Everything good in our lives has come out of relationships and our ability to connect with one another, to collaborate, to listen, to, to take turns in a conversation, you know, credit distribution, all the feminine leadership strengths that are now prized. And that's not just for women, that's for men too. As you know, Mary mentioned in the earlier conversation about John Gerzema's book, The Athena Doctrine. I think the t- subtitle is um, When Women and Men Who Think Like Them Will Rule the Future. Well, I don't think it's so much we want to rule the future, but his study of, you know, across the, the world, asking people what they want most in a leader surfaced the data that people really want genuine, sincere connecting human beings. Um, We see a lot of not that in leadership today, let's face it. But sometimes it has to get dark before it gets brighter.
1: Mm -hmm. Add to that really quickly that, um, you know, one thing Wendy mentioned about being our authentic self that you know, I'm in marketing, right? So I know how to build a brand. And being a brand is being a distinctive Personality being a distinctive set of attributes and because women suffer and a lot of different underserved communities suffer from this, not just women, but. Women suffer from being invisible and, you know, they walk into a boardroom full of men and women are invisible. It happens to me. It happens to me all the time. And you sit at a table. You know, your, your word, you're interrupted. You're, you're not seen. So you're invisible and in order for you to not be invisible, you need to brand yourself, but you brand yourself by being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. You be, you know, you learn who you are. You learn what you're great at. You learn what skills you have on all sides of the spectrum. And you create that, that persona that people notice when you walk in the room and people notice when they're, you know, putting people up for promotion or giving out stock options or doing whatever. And, and that's what you have to do. Um, but it's, the good news is, is that it happens naturally once you figure out exactly what you want to be in the world, which is what Wendy taught me how to do.
3: Thank you. I, I, as you say that, you know, I think of the people that have a quieter style and have um, even culturally, maybe have a less of a dynamic uh, brand, but they are, they are authentic. And it's, a, it's an issue when marginalized cultures and are, are in situations where they're being ignored. And by the way, when you study the research on the three biggest complaints that women have, it's that they feel excluded, dismissed, and that they have to constantly prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's not just in case you're listening to this and you feel any one of those, it's not personal. This is really happening in the culture. And yes, I completely underline what Robin's saying about how once we come to terms with the value that we bring and the essence that we are, and we become uncompromised about unleashing that, um, it it takes a risk to do that. It takes a risk that, oh, maybe people won't like me, or maybe I'll say the wrong thing. But it's better to say the wrong thing than not to talk. And also, if you are happy, you know if you get yourself happy, taking care of you and your needs and your well-being and your mental health and then you will shine and I mean it's a whole other conversation on how to do that remotely because we're all on Zoom now or in some kind of WebEx thing, and that's a whole other thing first of all, we have to look at ourselves, which is horrible if we have to keep looking at ourselves. Second of all, other people are looking at us, and we have to constantly have this attention. So it's a lot of stress on women, and uh, especially if we already are overly noticing and caring about our appearance, but um, we're making progress, you know, we're making progress. I just, am, I, I agree completely with what Robin said, but I didn't wanna leave out people who feel like they can't be bouncy and shiny. They still can be authentic and they still can get where they wanna go in a company.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean, I didn't mean for them to be, you know, like you have to, Command a room, and every time you walk in, I, I make you be your you. You learn what you are, and you do that to the nines, and then and you yes.
3: Win. Well, you're a good example of that. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah perfect example.
0: So um, I know that I mean I've had a few conversations with men on these topics as well, and I'd say for the for the younger generations coming up, you know, they they also feel like this pressure of. Well, if I don't wanna be that masculine thing that, you know, I know isn't good, um, but no one's teaching me what else how do I replace those behaviors? Or how do I well who who can I be? What what's what's the new playbook? So I know Wendy, you you have an inclusive leadership program that you've basically encoded in um top tech companies, but can you can you speak to that and then maybe let's then jump over to Mary for um, have you had any experiences where you've noticed um, you know that male allies that you have are you know really trying to to do the right thing or to I mean do the right behaviors yeah well
3: thank you for for plugging my my program we have a my program is called full spectrum leadership and there's the women's leadership spiral up program and there's a companion program that's a men's inclusive leadership men as allies and we've done it with the top top uh global tech companies in the world and the purpose of it is to help men not so much learn things as unlearn them and to really it's really hard for guys right now in that like you said you know the old macho paradigm that's dead and they're also in trouble for acting like that and (laughs) I'm sure a lot of guys feel like they might be in the crosshairs or that they might have done something wrong already and someone's going to remember I mean there's a lot of confusion and uncertainty that goes on for guys and the bad part of that is that it causes men to pull back and withdraw from mentoring women and supporting women and having private conversations or dinners with business dinners with women um when what we need now is for them to step forward and to to really support us but giving them the actual here's what you do is is part of it um but a lot of it is just really basic like learning how to listen better how to how to include more how to not be attached to the this old model of what leadership is supposed to look like you know full spectrum means that there's a mosaic of voices that we need to include in leadership now that are going to create buy-in from the people who are they're delivering it to we want our leadership to look like the customers that we have and they're very diverse so um it's really about helping men you know helping them in a blame-free environment to learn what how to how to deal with some of these gender sticky situations how to work them out so that they're fair and how to bring more gender equity into a situation into their companies and into their lives um and yeah there's a lot there's a lot to that from learning emotional intelligence better to uh practices that that help them be male allies?
2: I think just to kind of continue and and add to that, I mean, through my career, I've had um, amazing male allies. Um, In fact, I would just say (laughs) more often than not, they have I've had great teammates, leaders, partners across the organization that were all men um as you know Rob and I have experienced it's primarily men in, in our careers and I would say that I would I would call out some of the traits about those allies is, is and, and when he spoke about this a little bit that's kind of an interesting one it's it's this level of inclusion and I would say that my best allies note whether they were leaders subordinates um peers um were people that weren't afraid to challenge my thinking or 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 where I was coming from, but they did it in a way that they would. It was it was just it was a partnership, and it was like, how do we find a better solution? Um, and then and then by the way, how do we how do we divide and not divide and conquer, but how do we find our cha- our collective talents and and attack this challenge or issue or problem in a way where we can really get something across the board in an effective way. And um, this this concept of inclusion and and being at the table, I think that's such a funny, it's it's not a funny, it's such a real thing for me. And I like hearken back to you know being 10 years old on the basketball court wanting to play with the boys or whoever was on the basketball court and I was not gonna not play because somebody told me I was a girl. Um so it's the same thing, right? It's it's like. We're all here to, to, to win or play and, and, and succeed and support each other. And, and how do our men allies um, hear us, understand, and, and, but, but treat us as a true partner? And I think I've had, I've been very lucky that I've had tons of people like that in my, in my life and, and thankfully more great allies than, not, not <laughs> than enemies.
1: Would agree. I've been I've been fortunate too, and I've had I've had great bosses that were uh, very trusting and respectful, and um, and supporting me and advancing me in organizations. So I've been extremely yeah extremely fortunate. And I've what I what I try to do. I'll tell one little story. Is for example when I left my last company. Um, I had some women that were uh, advancing. I had just promoted one to a vice president of communications. Um, I had another one that was in charge of the website. And I wanted to make sure that they were taken care of and still had visibility in the organization, even after I left. And so I sought out other male executives, because that's all there were (laughs) besides me, to um be their mentors and to and they 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 recognize their talent they recognize they were stars and so i was able to uh, kind of pair pair them up if you will so that they could continue to get visibility at the c-suite level with the work that they're doing and the support and the advice so that they could continue to do well but i i had to do that before i left otherwise they they might somehow get lost in the shuffle and i didn't want that to happen
3: i just have to say that is such a testament to robin's whole career, career you know she's always looking out for who she can help in the organization and and you know when things change making sure that everybody gets land somewhere i love that and and the three explicit strategies that male allies can do for women are the same that we can take on ourselves or seek out which is in talent reviews, make sure someone's sponsoring you which is like or try to get someone to sponsor you, which means they'll speak up for you when you're not in the room. And they'll bring your name up for you finding someone who will do that who like Robin um, is a key to your advancement. The second one is is mentorship because it's sponsorship or mentorship, and then also stretch assignments, taking on something that will help you grow. And that is visible, and that someone is assigning you sort of so that you can I mean, you can volunteer, but to so that people can track the
0: splash that you make, so to speak. Beautiful. Okay, so let's go around the zoom table and share one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self?
1: <laughs> I guess I'll start and I would say, know what you want and ask for it. And don't be afraid to ask for it. I think I was um, too too quiet or not sure of myself early on in my career to know what um, to know that I could do that, you know, I, I instinctively and intellectually knew what had to be what needed to be done, whether it was in an organization or a product line or whatever. And I often uh, just didn't didn't have a voice that stood up and said what I wanted. And I think just voicing your opinion, having a point of view, have a point of view and state it and that will help you get what you want. And uh, yeah, I I wish I had Realize that and internalize that earlier
2: in my career. Amazing. I think I'll just add to that. I think Robin touched on such a great um point. It's this, it's probably two things I would say is, is um don't try to be like everybody else in the room. That's not why you're there. Embrace your feminine traits um, and your masculine traits, bring them together to to kind of build the most powerful you. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to say this one too because I do Wendy kind of spoke to it, but it was one that I learned a little bit later in my career, and I was like, whoa, that was a little mind blowing. There's a difference between a coach, like a person in your corner, like Wendy, who you can sh- bear your soul to and you know talk about it all, um, a mentor, which is usually in your organization or maybe outside of your organization or or in an, even another company, but it's really work focused about. Execution and strategy, like how to be a better employee ultimately um, in your particular role. And then what, what Wendy said that I never I never really did until I had these conversations with her, which is identify sponsors. And that, and and to follow on to, to Robin's point, talk to those sponsors, have multiple. They need to sit at the right tables and have the con- like take the time to have the conversation with those people. Articulate your, you know, have your two minute <laughs> elevator pitch at any given moment, what you're really good at, what you want to accomplish um, and those these stretch assignments like that, that's really important. And, you, and you've and you got to have these conversations because when they're at the table and you've you've articulated these these wants and these needs and these 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 things that you're passionate about, those people will speak up for you um, and, and you may not be there to hear it, but you'll see that it comes to you in. Um, tenfold, frankly, it's a really important coach, mentor, sponsor, all, all different. Right.
3: Um, you want me to add something? Okay. <laughs> I would just say, you know, I would tell my younger self to stop worrying. Don't worry so much because one of the things, the reason I wrote the book spiral up or the message behind spiraling upward it's called is that whatever happens to you is for you, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. And it's working on you to bring you up to this next level to if you take on whatever it is, it could be a, a mean neighbor, it could be a terrible boss, it could be getting fired from a job or even getting a diagnosis, like what happened to me, it's all there for you to continue to step into the next level of who you are. And you don't have to worry it's it's all it's all for you
0: beautiful when did you have a copy of your book that you could just flash uh on the screen mary does oh mary does oh it's backwards oh,
1: though oh, no, it's not. no it's, not. it's
3: not it's not no it's not <laughs> it's
0: on mine okay beautiful and it's available on amazon yes love it okay so then um you have the ear of our audience what would you like um our audience to know or our support um if you want someone to get in touch with you for what purpose let's start with mary
2: um yeah i'm I'm very excited to be part of the tandem launch team um i think that the organization is very good um i love supporting entrepreneurs it's been a passion project for me specifically well, any entrepreneur but i you know i i have done a lot of work with with uh, women entrepreneurs um and i have personally benefited from coaching and mentorship <laughs> so i definitely feel like it's a it's a mantle for me to give that back so um i would say that's one and and um i'm i'm living in maui now which is a little little wild but i would also encourage um everyone that's watching this podcast and and uh, that's kind of passionate about this particular topic and entrepreneurship. You know, don't be afraid to create the, um, these networking conversations in your own circle. Um, I was very fortunate because I was in Silicon Valley and I was magically paired with two amazing women. And um, I think that that level of entrep- uh, networking and support came from the fact that there is actually a fairly large networking community there. Um, but as I'm experiencing here in Maui, we don't have that. So I'm working on creating that. So I, I, I kind of, I task every woman or, or every person, frankly, to, to take that on and, and how do you, you know, support each other in, in this kind of spiraling up world.
1: Robin. Okay, I'll go next. So um, I'm currently the CMO of Peace by Piece International. So it's piece by piece, like puzzle piece, international. Robin and it's an amazing organization founded by a woman, um, woman woman-owned, and it is doing such good work in the world supporting women, supporting underserved communities, um, helping them get jobs. And what it does is there's tons of small businesses around the world that create incredible high-quality products but only employ people who have a hard time getting employed. It could be women who were formerly incarcerated. They could be people who were victims of human trafficking. There could be a number of things that bring these people down. And when they want to turn their lives around, fortunately, there are small businesses around the world in the United States and around the world that lift them up and give them a job and give them training and give them a chance so that they can feed their family, feed their children and turn their lives around. So we like to say our job is to change lives. And so what we do at Peace by Peace International is buy these products and we, we curate a beautiful high quality set of products that we could present as corporate gifts. And then we sell them to the Googles and the Apples and the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative and all of these wonderful corporations out there that want to live their values. So they buy products that help people get these jobs or create a more sustainable world or empower women. And um, I'm just so proud of Lori Jones Pastroni, who is the CEO who I work for now is um, making this happen and she's made it happen out of nothing. And um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it and it's, it's pbpinternational.com is the website where they do the corporate gifting for good.
3: Mm. Will you be putting her links in the show notes so that people can? Oh, that's great! Yes, yeah, it's really exciting. I don't really have something to plug. I mean, (laughs) oh, yeah, welcome. welcome.
1: So So, I'll plug it for you.
3: Yeah, I will. Wonderful
1: book, and it really, it really, I think it really does show the power of momentum that once you. Once you get it you 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 know the, the the title kind of tells it all is that you you tend to spiral up because you've got the right foundation and the right mindset and then you the sky's the limit
0: and if companies want to hire you uh for your training program
3: yes i mean if you want to have more gender equity and um lift your women up and turn your men into male allies i'd love to hear from you i i do want to say something in closing which is really an amazing thing when we think about how you know when you think about the evolution trajectory of human beings and species our society how it's actually really really evolved i mean forty thousand years ago there were neanderthals there was a time when people sat in the coliseum and would watch human beings get torn apart by lions for entertainment you know we used to have slavery um There's a long way to go. We still have a long way to go, but we are evolving. And every one of us, every single one of us is the tip of the culture, the tip of the creative impulse, the evolutionary impulse that wants to bring our society and people to the next level. And so we're really going somewhere. And it's not, um, it's not like something we have to, we just have to give ourselves over to it. And I would say no matter what level you are, or what you're doing, you know, in life, you're very important. Your special gifts are very important. Your essence is extremely needed right now. We're in an incredibly scary time for our society. And we need all hands on decks in whatever way you bring you know your honesty and truth and gifts to the the party you're you're invited and you're needed
0: beautiful wendy thank you so much so for international women's day they're asking um folks to sort of hold up their arms in this um um, to 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 cut the inequity um so yay okay (laughs) so thank you. you so much everyone for joining us for this special podcast and thank you to our loyal listeners your time is always appreciated You can follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you again, my wonderful, wonderful guests. Thank Thank you, you, Bobby. this is great. Thank you. you. And don't forget, if you have a technical background and you want to create your own startup, hit me up on LinkedIn and I can tell you about all the incredible opportunities with Tandem Launch. Ciao for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you had fun and gained valuable insights. If you like what you see and hear, Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, share the podcast, and follow us on social media.